as we transition into teaching, uh, if you watched uh, last week, um, the format's a little different. We did it kind of like a podcast style, more conversational. We're continuing that this week, just doing it live. Uh, today, it'll be m myself uh, and Matt Stevens, two of our elders here at the bridge, and then Blaine Hooper, who is our church planting resident, who we're partnering with to plant Refuge Church down in Sharpstown. So we're really excited today. Um, I would encourage you guys just... One, asking for a little grace, uh, just maybe like you've seen these, these, uh, these you know, video clips of someone doing a Zoom interview on CNN or whatever, and just life happening behind them. You know, that's reality for all of us. We're all in our homes with our families, kids running around. So just as you have with you, that's happening here. I've got my family sitting right here on the other side of the screen. Uh, so just who knows what could happen today? It's gonna be fun. I would also encourage you to be, uh, put your settings on speaker view so that who so that uh when either matt or myself or blaine are talking will automatically pop up um and then be on mute uh during this uh if you could uh, also make sure your chat box is open uh we'll be dropping in the scriptures we're referencing um in the chat box as we go okay all right well hey this is fun we're excited so just to kind of get us up to speed um, we are, I'm still starting a timer, just so we know there is a little bit of normalcy in life. Um, timer has started. Um, and, and also, if we're going to stay normal, the timer doesn't matter. <laughs> so, um, but, but we're, we're in this series of what is the church? Um, and as we're trying to answer that question, um, you know, we're, we're leaning in to Jesus. We're looking to Jesus to teach us what the church is and what it's meant to be and do. And, and we're looking to Jesus because in John 1, it says, you know, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, speaking of Jesus. And a few verses later, it says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And so if we want to learn from Jesus, we're also coming to his Word. And, we're, and so we're just pursuing this thought we asked last week, is that if all we have is Scripture to tell us who we are and to tell us what the church is meant to be, what would the church look like? We don't have culture. We don't have history. We don't have, you know, you know, we don't have this place or that. We just have the word of God and the Holy Spirit and a transformed heart and mind. What would the church look like? What would the bridge look like? So that's what we're pursuing. Um, and last week, uh, you know, we looked to the person of Jesus as we started this and how Jesus defines the church and kind of the two big takeaways is that we saw that, first off, we are a people. Uh, the church is never this, a singular. You can't have church by yourself. The church is a people. It is the gathered people of God as they are assembled uh, in him and to worship him. And seeing that that is not just something that we, we go to, but it's that we're made because the gospel expresses God's heart for relationship. God exists in relationship in the Trinity long before creation. And in, in the gospel, we are gathered together. And it's, it's, it's one, just a work that God does. He makes us a people. But then also experientially, if you've ever um, taken a mission trip or gone on a trip to some beautiful place and you've scaled a mountain, and you've seen the beautiful panoramic views, you come home and you're, you're, you're overwhelmed, you're excited. And you want to tell people about it. And, and I know you've experienced this, that you're telling them with all, like you're reliving it. And like, you've got the feeling that you felt and you're trying to, you want to see people resonate. And they're like, uh-huh, because they haven't seen it. 
and they haven't experienced it. And so when we experience the, the gospel of Jesus, the transforming, utterly renewing, the old, old become new, death become life, you can't help but want to share it with someone that has experienced the same thing. You kind of need someone else to help make sense of it all because it is so foreign to our, our flesh and humanity. And so we see that work of the gospel. It makes us a people. And then also that we are to live unto Christ and live out of Christ uh, as our cornerstone, that he, he sets the pattern. He, he defines us. And it is as we live unto him and out of him that the church is made and that the church is healthy. And so, it's, and so we saw that last week. And, and in that, we are to help each other know Jesus. I mean, like, what a great opportunity we have as the church. Like, that's what we get to do with one another. We get to help each other know Jesus. And then we get to invite others to help us know Jesus. Like, that's why, that's why this matters, because it's not just about you helping others. It's about you being helped. And at the end of the day, we're ushering each other into the presence of God and knowing Jesus. Uh, if you didn't get to hear last week's uh, teaching, I would, I would certainly encourage you to go back and listen to it because they really do build upon each other. Um, and this is help, you know, again, we're trying to uh, grow into being a healthy people in a healthy church as always. So, so with that, this week, we're coming to the purpose of Jesus, um, looking at how we are a people that exist and are released for his mission, right? It only makes sense if we, if we take on his life and we live out our identity that is given to us in Christ, the very identity of Christ, then we would naturally care about what he cares about. We would naturally come, we would naturally um, do what we do, and it's been given to us, which is what we're going to talk through uh, today. And so, and then we're going to look at uh, the, then the, the next two weeks is kind of really where the rubber meets the road and it starts getting into uh, us. And we're going to look at the people of Jesus, our roles and responsibilities of how do we pursue this. And the last week is the product of Jesus and seeing that the church is a matter of form following function and not function, function flowing out of form, which maybe that'll make more sense in a couple of weeks. Um, so in knowing Jesus, we're overtaken more and more by his love, by his grace, by his mercy and the salvation we've experienced. And knowing Jesus, we become more and more like him because he is restoring us into what we are created to be. We're being sanctified. And in that, we take on that mission of Jesus as our existence is defined by Jesus. And I just want to look at John 20, 21 real quick. Um, and it says this. This is Jesus speaking. He says, Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And so we just see here, this is the movement of the gospel. And movement, right, is continuous and it goes. And so it starts with God sending the Son, Jesus. As Jesus is sent, as God sent him, he is sending us. So we are sent. And this is the movement of the gospel. Out of the oneness that Jesus had with the Father and the Spirit, so he is sent, and out of our oneness with Jesus, so we are sent. So that sets us up for today. We're digging into this mission. Um, before we go any further, I want to ask Matt uh, to pray for us. Yeah, let's pray. Um, <clears throat> Lord, thank you for bringing us together. Um, <clears throat> You know, we never would have guessed that we would be gathering together in this way a year ago, but um, by your grace, uh, we are we are still gathering together, and um, we desperately need you. 
and that that's that's why we're gathering uh, for no other reason than that. Um, Lord, um, we need each other to to see your presence, Lord. Um, we um, we confess that um, you know we <laughs> on our own we um, forget we forget about you, God, and we um, we settle for lesser things. Uh, but Lord, uh, with, with your church, Lord, uh, you have brought us together so that we might know you and your son, Jesus, crucified and, and raised <laughs> on the third day and, and ascended. Lord, um, you have made that possible through your church and um, you have made it possible for us to live on mission with you, Lord. Help us to speak your words today and, um, and to, to hear from you by your Holy Spirit, um, the power of your gospel. Lord, um, help us to help us to know you. Help us to know your son today. Amen. Amen. You know, it, it's it's really great to be able to hear from Matt and Blaine uh, today, and to know that in hearing from them, you're hearing from the Stevens family and the Hooper family. Um, if you know Matt and Lori, when you think about their lives and the way that they live, um, and I mean, it, it they live out the mission of the gospel. You know, it's not just an activity. Or something that's scheduled that is in there just the course it just courses in their veins and so it's really great to hear from Matt and then Blaine and Anna I mean by by great faith are stepping out to take the gospel where it is not into the refugee community in Sharpstown and they're they're in the process of moving there this weekend uh, if you want to help them move possibly reach out <laughs> um, but they are they are moving uh, right now to go and be amongst the people to, to love them well under Christ and so you know, I can't think of uh, two more people that are more qualified. Um, so it's great to hear from them. So Matt, we're going to start with you. Um, just if we're going to talk about the mission of Jesus, let's just start with that. Define the mission of the gospel for us. Uh, the, the gospel is simply the, the, the astounding news that, that God has redeemed all creation to himself through Jesus. Um, and, you know, I want to read from the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21 to help illustrate that. It's, it's such like a simple but overwhelming message, the gospel. Um, what Paul's going to illustrate is, is how Jesus, his whole mission was to reconcile a fallen and broken world to God. Um, by living a perfect life and, and dying um, a death he did not deserve, being raised again, defeating to death, and now ascended to, to heaven so that, that we could also be reconciled to God and have a relationship with him. Um, this is what Paul's gonna describe, uh, the reality, spiritual reality of, that, of those truths. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21. Oh, hey, Lori, mute yourself, please. I muted her. I got it. Go I got you, Lori. Should have known that was my kids. They know where the mute button is. <laughs> All right. Second Corinthians 5. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All of this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself and not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. 
Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, that we might become the righteousness of God. So the three, the three things that jump out at me from this passage is first, just what we heard from the gospel, that Jesus did come to reconcile us to God. Like that was his purpose. And that would be just astounding all by itself and worthy of, you know, us following him uh, and giving up everything to do that. But secondly, we've also seen that we have been given that ministry of reconciliation, uh, <laughs> which is like doubling down on, on, you know, craziness. You really like who, why, like no human would have ever set it up that way. I think uh, no human could have. But then lastly, um, that we, are all, we have also been well-equipped for this ministry because it says, for our sake, he made him sin who knew no sin so that we might become the righteousness of God, um, the very righteousness of God, his physical presence in a broken world, um, which, again, is, is, seems ludicrous um, at face value. Uh, and honestly, you could study for years and it still seem ludicrous. So like, that's why, that's why we gather together to remind ourselves, you know, that in church, like, cause any, any one person, you, you will, you'll forget. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> that's good, Matt. Hey, so like listening to that, you know, you hear like the, the mission of the gospel is God's desire to restore relationship. Right. I mean, like you talk about reconciliation that is about, it's a relational term. It's restoring relationship. And so, you know, thinking about this, like relationship is paramount. Like this is what God's doing. And you think about our life, uh, you know, in Christ and unto Christ, like, you know, you think like it is that there's this great call and need. We probably neglect it so much like the opportunity for relationship with God. And when we think about having a relationship with God and, and being on mission, for the gospel, sometimes it feels like there's a tension. There's a either or, and it's hard to like be all in with both, you know, because I, I mean, certainly we can all look to our own lives and see when there is a lack of like relational pursuit of God. Um, and it feels like almost like if, if we're just focusing on anything else, we're not going to achieve that. So with that being the case, if we're supposed to, you know, kind of be in all of our relationship with God, why why should we desire mission yeah it's it's intimacy with god is 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 the overarching the overarching desire uh something that's kind of i think is present in in all humans this desire to to know god whether you know that's what it is or not it's there and it plays out in different ways um the, the Westminster Catechism says the chief end of humanity, all humanity is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Two sides to the same coin to, in, to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And, you know, if I'm, if I'm being honest, really, I, I, I spend more time thinking about um, like the glory of God, like, like trying to worship him and pray to him and, and read his word to understand like who he is, but not, not fully appreciating how that translates into enjoying him forever. Um, certainly there's, there's moments 
the, where I like just overwhelmed by the glory of God that I do enjoy him in that way, but it's certainly not the norm. You know, I think it's just, it's a small percentage of time for me personally, but, but the truth is that, that God did love us first. And so mission is all about this love, this overwhelming love that God has for us and that he desires to experience in his presence. Um, you know, and I, I, and why, why that happens, I think, you know, so often, um, I settle for like God's creation, you know, he's, he's created, um, these incredible things like, like family and friends. And even like, for me personally, just in nature, just being in mountains and near, on the ocean, um, these created things, uh, have so much of God's fingerprints on them that I'm usually pretty satisfied just, um, existing in those with those things and like there's real love there and um, you know God's all over those things but I, I, I settle for those things um, not and not looking back to the creator for that love that I'm really looking for um, and I, and so that those things like they make me satisfied but they don't they don't move me to mission because ultimately like I'm, oh man I, like i love hiking and like if i just bring someone you know we go for a hike together then they'll be happy too you know and, and maybe that'll be enough but of course it's not you know that's a created thing that we're experiencing there it's not god himself um so we so mission is all about like experiencing the fullness of god and wanting others to do the same this is beautiful illustration in um, john chapter 6 uh, verse 53 jesus lays out just this impossibly difficult teaching he says to many people who are following him at the time he says unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood you have no life in you <laughs> But so on one hand, you've got this impossible, like this cannibalistic intimacy that he's describing. And, and of course, you know, it's, it's a metaphor to describe something even deeper, a spiritual reality. But, um, and he's saying that if you have not experienced that intimacy with him, you have no life in you. Um, that, and as you can imagine, most of the people following him at the time were like, and these were fans of Jesus. Like they came to, to see him and hear from him, but they were like, who, who can, who can follow this saying? Like <laughs> we're out. And so he lets him go. Uh, he lets him go. And he turns to the 12 and he says, will you go also? And Peter says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy one of God. And so two very different responses to the same teaching and the difference between the two is that Peter saw Jesus for who he was, the Holy One of God. You have the words of eternal life. And once, once he had seen that, there was, no other, there was no other option for him. He could never settle for anything less because there was nothing less. You see, God doesn't just provide life and truth and love. He is life and truth and love, all life and truth and love. And apart from him, none of those things exist um, because he is infinite so long story short um we need to remind each other daily as followers of christ the beauty and the of holy intimacy with god and, and just call each other into that continuously that's why we continue to gather together that's what discipleship is um helping each other connect back to the intimacy with the father 
And as a result of that, like only that, like only if we do that, will we, will we live on mission for him? Like no amount of human engineering will cause us to, um, to show the glory of God to people who don't know him. Um, yeah, it's, it's just impossible. So it's super important to experience the intimacy of God yourself. And then you will be compelled to the evangelistic work of, of inviting the world into intimacy with God. It's great, Matt. Yeah, I, I love that. Like, I think sometimes we, we silo the mission of the gospel to, the, to only the outward work of reaching the world for Christ. But the mission of the gospel, which is to restore intimacy with God, is both as the church to each other, uh, as well as then, like you said, that compelling us even greater to invite the world into that same intimacy. And so, so Blaine kind of transitioning to that idea uh, of, of, again, the outward work, why is it that the mission of Jesus is best pursued as the church, as a people? Yeah. Um, and, and that was incredible, Matt. I mean, you could just kind of sit on those things for a while, but um, we have to think about how we as the body and particularly as, as the local body, of course, my baby son just starts crying. <laughs> we start that He's sleeping peacefully. It's awesome. Um, why is the, the mission of Jesus best pursued as the church? I think of, of three parallel, totally fitting together truths that come to mind. Three truths. Um, the, the first truth uh, to why the mission of Jesus is best pursued as the church and, and us as a local church, um, we can kind of, it really connects to what we talked about last week. That is our identity um, as, as being a people formed through the gospel as the incarnate body of Christ. The first truth is that we are literally the incarnate body of Christ. If you guys remember last week, Ephesians 3.10, uh, it says that the church is the manifold wisdom of God, that in some way that, that, I, that we can't quite understand, that our gifts um, working together, and we're kind of leading into next week too, but the, the church is how people experience a true, intimate, and holy kind of knowledge of God himself, um, knowing God, as, as Matt said. It's how the church, the local church, is how, how people experience Jesus, both now and forever. That's incredible. And, and um, as he says, that, that our way of life is meant to be this wooing witness to the world. Right? Incredible. Uh, John 13 uh, Jesus says, a new commandment I give to you, not just love God with all your heart and love, uh, and love your neighbor as yourself, but a new commandment I give to you, fulfill the, that law by, by, by loving one another in the church the way that I love you. And Jesus died for us. Uh, we're supposed to die for each other. And then uh, John 17, it's really just one big speech by Jesus. Uh, Jesus says, if you love people, like the way that I've been explaining you, like the way I'm going to model for you at the cross, the world will know that I am sent of the Father. Um, incredible. So the first truth is that uh, we are the incarnate body of Christ. The second uh, truth of the why we should pursue church as a local mission is that just simply that we are commanded to, we've alluded to this, um, and that is kind of, you know, when you're talking to your kids, I told you so, but but God created us, so he can, right? He has the authority. Uh, he, Jesus isn't just our Savior. He is, he is Lord. Uh, 
Uh, Paul says, we've been bought with a price. Your life is not your own, right? And, and for that reason, we, we can trust, we can lean into the one who, who has created us, right? Um, that's why Jesus says in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, go and make disciples of all nations, right? Um, uh, baptizing and, and, and teaching them everything I've commanded you to do. And I'm with you always. So uh, the, the kind of translation of this is that we, uh, to call back to our beginning purpose, is that we are a people commanded to mediate God's presence. And, and it's worth kind of sitting on that and explaining that only the people of God can really do this because we have been changed, right? Broken people uh, can't fix broken things, right? But we have been healed. Um, and, and so only the people of God can do this. Only, only we can usher people into this holy intimacy with God. And, and it's also worth saying. Can I interrupt you for a second? For yeah, go for it. Uh, you know, we've said this phrase a few times today, holy intimacy with God. Why, why are we saying holy intimacy instead of just intimacy with God? Yeah, I, I would say because it's like nothing else that can be experienced anywhere else. I mean, we know what intimacy is in terms of, of friendship and, and obviously within, the, um, within marriage, we use that word. But, but this is more than that. Uh, this is something so great, so deep, so wonderful. Um, we are connected to uh, the purpose and the person that we were always connected to be with in Jesus and, and holy just means separate, you know? And so this transcends any other kind of relationship. And, it, and our relationship with God is the relationship by which we define all other relationships. Um, I don't know how to love my wife unless I look at Christ's love for the church. I don't know how to love my sons, Micah and William, unless I look at the father's love um, for the son and the son's love for the father, right? That, that's, that's what I think I mean. Uh, Unless you guys, you can probably could add to that. <laughs> Great. Thanks, Blaine. No, yeah. Thanks for the clarification there, uh, Heath. Um, and, and just to kind of finish this off uh, um, in terms of the second truth, God doesn't have a plan B for mission. The church is his plan for, for bringing unified praise to himself from every uh, tongue, tribe, nation, and people. Um, and guys, this is enormous, right? Uh, both Matt and I are like, I don't know how to explain this in 20 minutes or forever. But um, if it feels too much, remember, um, remember that God is with us in that. Um, and, and that all of us kind of wonder, uh, not, at the, not only at the glory of God, but, but how, that how we could possibly be a part of this. And, and I, I think it's okay to acknowledge that enormity, but also we want to lean into the promise of God. And that, that brings us kind of into our, our third truth, is that the Holy Spirit has, has made us, um, has empowered us to be the kind of witness to the world that we should be. Um, and, and the Holy Spirit is with us in all God is with us in everything. You know, even in, in the end of the Great Commission, Jesus says, and he tells us to go and make disciples. And then he says, and, and I am with you even to the end of the age. And so the Holy Spirit has made us a people. He's, he's brought us into the people of God. He's baptized us um, into Jesus, for Jesus. He's made us alive. And now he is indwelling us or empowering us to the, the work that he has set us to, or he's commissioned us to as witnesses. 
In Acts 1.8, one of the last things that Jesus says to the disciples is, you will be my witnesses from here to the ends of the earth. Right? And the consolation, guys, is that we are ready for this. That because the Holy Spirit has made us, he's, and he's put us into this body, he's given us everything we need to make this happen. Um, and just as we are a people of God's presence to each other, uh, we're also meant to be or made to be um, that to the world uh, so that the world may know and see Jesus. And I, I would say this is kind of an argument um, by way of design, right? Um, an argument from design that, that God has made us for this. Um, you guys probably know Hussein Bolt. He's the fastest man who's probably ever existed. I mean, the guy is blazing fast. The dude was made to run, right? He was made to run um, in the same way that, that we see birds minus penguins and some other, <laughs> other birds. Uh, uh, birds were made to fly in the same way we were, we were made uh, to go and make disciples. You know what I mean? That's good, Blaine. And, you know, as we were talking through this and you mentioned this, uh, you know, this, this argument by design, that uh, the church by design is made for this, is made for the mission of the gospel and all these things you just pointed out. And I think about this bird who was made to fly. Uh, it brought to mind uh, every time we drive home, we go down this one street in our neighborhood and it's, there's this town, this town home. And on the second floor, there is, they have this little balcony and on that balcony is this cage and a bird lives in this cage on the balcony. We've never driven by and not be there. So I just assume that's where it lives. And, you know, as we drive by it, Amber and I always comment on like, like how crazy that is. Like, it, like for us, it just seems like, oh, that's like one of the meanest things you could do to that bird. Cause like it is, you know, this bird, like, like you said, Blaine, it was made to fly and then its ability to fly, like it, it can go anywhere at once. Like it's free of constraint of the, the of this you know of how of how far it could explore this world it was meant to fly above and soar above and see everything its only limitations is time and energy right or maybe a, a predator <laughs> and so but you know i mean it's just we, we kind of look at that and amber and i like we we long for this bird oh my goodness sorry we long for this bird to know the, the freedom that it was made for and we just kind of you know, there's times we want to kind of scale the house and open the cage. And, you know, and, and thinking about that, like, how sad would it be if I did that? Like, if I went out there and opened the cage and the bird had forgotten what it was made to do and be, and it just stayed in the cage. It just believed that that was what it was meant for, was life in the cage. You know, and you, and, you know, the illustration of helping the bird illustrate the church I mean, I can see that, like the church is like that bird. We were not created to, to live in the cage. We were not liberated to live in the cage. That's what Jesus came to do, to liberate us, to break the bonds of sin and death, to restore us, and in that release us for this ministry of reconciliation. You know, the ministry of God ushering us back into holy intimacy with him. And so, the, you know, the reality that this door has been opened by the blood of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit is real, and yet often the church lives as if the cage door is still shut, as if there is any cage at all. And it just got me thinking, kind of asking the question of, like, does it break 
your heart that the church and yes even us at times and i love the bridge this is like i, I even just being real like that we sometimes live as if the cage is still locked um you know the, the things that we kind of allow to can confine us still in the cage is just it could be something is like i don't know enough um, i haven't completed the right courses i haven't i'm not good enough i haven't done enough good things i'm not worthy enough um, I'm not, I can't be forgiven of certain things. I can be forgiven of some things. Um, you know, there's all these things that we believe the lie that, that forgets what Romans eight told us that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus and forgets like what you pointed out, Blaine, that he said, and I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. And, and Hey, the Holy spirit will come upon you and you will be made witnesses. Um, we, we, we were all created. We were made for this, to live out the mission of the gospel of Jesus. And, and the reality is, is, you know, that what we need, um, we need to remember that this is what we need. If we want to feel like we're capable of living out this released mission of the gospel, restoring relationship, we, this is what we need, to remember what God has done in your life, to experience the transforming work of Jesus, to, to experience and know that you are loved, that you are called, and you are perfectly equipped today for all that God wants to do through you. Um, it's, the, it's the blind man in John 9. I don't know. I don't know who he is, but I know that I was blind. I can see. It's the, it's the woman of Samaria in John 4 who was an outcast and all of a sudden was a witness who was compelling enough to get the town to come out, who had sat in judgment of her, and, and they responded to Jesus. They're not responding to us, they're responding to Jesus. And so therefore, we're perfectly equipped. We are. So you are and we are, as the bridge, are perfectly equipped to do all that God has called us to today. And so really, it's just like, let's explore. Like, let, you know, let's be free. And so I would pray that we would not let it sit well that all too often that we the church live as if the cage is still locked or that there is any cage at all but that we would remember we are designed we are made for this in christ so just to kind of wrap us up if if i were to say there's one thing i pray that we remember today you know, from all this is that the mission of jesus is all about restoring relationship with god through jesus christ let me ask that same question to you guys we'll start with you blaine if there's one thing you hope would really stick and see bring fruit in our midst what would it be i i think it would be that like to remember that we can fly and not to be ashamed of the joy <laughs> that we have um paul says i'm not ashamed of the gospel of christ it's the power of god for salvation uh to everyone who believes and then um remember you can take people with you you know um you can help you can be pushed out of the nest yourself and um, you can take people with you along that journey because you want to, you want people to experience that joy. Hey man. Thanks. How about you, Matt? You know, he, he, even though we went through this last night, I really thought you were going to say like Amber and I really desire for this bird to know Jesus. And I don't, I don't know if anyone else got that. If but... I were to get to say two takeaways, that would be <laughs> I don't know. I, I, like my heart stopped for a second. I'm like, I'm not sure how those work. But, all right, I'll skip over that for now. Y'all needed a rabbit, one rabbit trail for, um, for Sunday. Um, for for me, I think like there's there's it's the heart of God is is for reconciliation of relationships. So like, what does that look like 
in in your life like you know what does that look like with with one other person we see like society going through this incredible um like self self like trying to figure things out regarding racial reconciliation and the 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 problem just seems so overwhelming like where do you start and it's got to be just like with one person and so it and so it is with the gospel i mean um you know i i I love i love the first part of the mission of jesus um like just relationships centered on on christ like ushering each other back to holy intimacy with god um if i'm being honest though like I, i i do that primarily with other believers because that's where like i a i I guess I know more believers than, than people who don't believe in Jesus. And I'm also more comfortable talking about the things of God um, with people who believe in Jesus. Uh, if I'm being honest, like people who don't believe in Jesus or, or don't and specifically don't want anything to do with his church. Like I feel very uncomfortable talking about those things like this, this impossibly difficult teaching that jesus says unless you like are intimately connected with me you have no life in you i feel like man if i say that like i'm just gonna totally drive him away from god that's what i think or on the other hand like if i just kind of placate what's the, the situation like i'll water down the gospel to the point of black you know just heresy um and so what i end up doing is just kind of throwing up my hands and uh and not necessarily in, engaging with those people to that depth that I, that I would with, with someone who I knew believed in Christ. And so because of that, I really want to, I've been talking with Derek Ashman and um, I want him to share like a, a, something that God was able to do this past couple of weeks that really, really kind of paints a picture of how it's possible to um, carry your faith into situations where people don't want to be engaged with the church. And, um, and so if I could, if I could call on you, Derek, um, I just want to ask you, like, um, what was it that, that God did, um, last week? Uh, how, how did God give you this opportunity and, um, how did that opportunity play out? Yeah. So first off, I'm assuming everyone can hear me. And if you can't, then uh, anyway, uh, I guess let me know, even though you can't do that because you can't hear me. Um, You're good. Yeah. So I, I, I have been passionate at work at, at, for several years about diversity and equity and inclusion uh, at, at all of my employers. I've annoyed a lot of people about that. And um, as, as part of doing that at my workplace now I was <clears throat> invited to lead an LGBTQ pride event since uh, LGBTQ pride month is in June and so I was able to do that a few weeks ago and, and leading up to that our church group our home church group had challenged each other to try to share the gospel with at least one person at work and I just happened it just happened to be either a great or terrible week uh, depending on how it was going to go for me that I was going to be presenting to all 1500 people in my company so while we were trying to present the one I just figured I would just go shotgun style um, and I wasn't sure how or if I was going to do it uh, but it was just a god thing and in the it was over a series of couple calls and so the first call there's about 100 people there and uh, the conversation had turned 
kind of hostile towards religion writ large, not just Christianity, but also Islam and, and other religions in which people, you know, view the followers of those religions and, and the religious texts themselves and the institutions of them to hate gay people and, and transgendered people. And so, uh, you know, I was able to just open up my mic and uh, say like, you know, I'm not here presenting this as an ally of the LGBTQ community in spite of my faith. I'm here doing this because of my faith. And if anybody here is interested in, you know, uh, exploring the intersection of allyship and, and Christianity or, or other faiths further, you know, please reach out to me on Slack, which is the, you know, the group message that we use, you know, after this, after this call and had several people afterwards reach out to me with, you know, just nothing went super deep. Uh, but just a lot of people really thankful that I brought that up. And so on the next call, which had about 500 people, I, I said the same thing. And again, had a really positive reaction from, you know, I had some uh, religious people, whether Christian or otherwise, reach out saying, thank you. You know, I was, this is something I was thinking, but didn't know how to say, didn't know how to bring up my own faith. Uh, and then I had, you know, some people who identify as LGBTQ say, thank you. A lot of my worst experiences have come from religious people and institutions. So that really meant a lot. And so uh, just breaking down the barrier between what seems like to some people, you know, two different sides, you know, it's really not. And, and as a Christian, like God loves, <laughs> God loves everybody and wants to know everyone wants everyone to, to be in heaven and for all of eternity and being able to say that and, and love other people is really cool. And I wouldn't have done it if I wasn't challenged by my house church. So thank you, uh, Matt and others here for, for pushing me there. I love that. Um, I love how like that opportunity and, and speaking to people who, who felt um, marginalized from Christianity actually ministered to the Christians on the call as well, who are like, oh, what do I say here? I have no idea basically what I was just saying. Like, I wouldn't have spoken up. <laughs> yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, oh, gosh, I'm going to offend someone or, or just not say anything, you know. Um, let, me, let me ask you, like, what, what is it about the gospel that, that compels you? to this, this depth of engagement with the LGBT community? I mean, I think all of it uh, is the short answer. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I was going to reference some verses and the, they're pretty much all already typed out here in the chat. So uh, pretty much all those. I, I just, uh, as Christians, we're supposed to love everybody and we're supposed to love equality and equity, but that doesn't mean that we treat everybody equally. In fact, it's directly opposes that because if, if we're treating everyone equally, then that means that we're not living for and loving marginalized communities and, and trying to bring true equity. And so being able to ally with, you know, any marginalized group, I think is, you know, paramount. I, I don't know how you live the gospel otherwise. And, you know, uh, you know, that's, I guess, half of it. And the other half is that I want people to know Jesus. Like I, my life was changed when I became a Christian, when I uh, met Jesus and I want that for everybody. And the way to get that isn't by staying in our church bubble and only talking to Christians about Christ. It's, you know, it's not going out and telling people you need to know Christ right now. It's just being yourself and loving people and being a nice person and being willing to say that, you know, Christ. And sometimes that leads people to ask you further questions, but 
more than that, I think in, you know, kind of uh, today's culture, it just breaks down barriers because so many people believe that Christians view themselves as high and mighty and as hating towards marginalized communities. So just being able to break down those barriers, I think, is is something huge that we can all do. Um, I don't want to say easily. It's not always easy, but uh, can do with a few words and a few prayers. That's awesome. The love of God. Um, <laughs> yeah, if, if we actually are experiencing and sharing the love that, that God has for us, um, how could that not how could that not restore relationship? Um, thank you for sharing. Um, can I, let me pray for just um, the opportunities that God has provided to you and, um, and really just for all of us that, that we would have the heart of God um, <clears throat> going forward even this week for, for people who feel like they're far from him. Um, let's pray now. Um, Lord, thank you for, for Derek and um, <clears throat> the, uh, the burden that you have placed on his heart uh, for those who um, have historically not, not felt welcome into your church. Lord, uh, your love is greater than that barrier. Uh, your love has <laughs> crossed so many divides that have, were seemed impossible. Um, but to you, all things are possible. God, you, um, <clears throat> you know, and cause, cause us to, to be changed by your love so that things that seemed impossible to us um, just become possible. God, that's how you work. It's beautiful. Lord, even this week, would you give Derek further opportunity to engage with people, relationships that he started uh, because of his, his faithfulness to your opportunity. Um, even this week, let those conversations continue and uh, let people know your love and your church in a way that was never, was never possible before. God, you started this work and um, we know because of your mission that you will finish it. Let it be so, Lord, and, and, and help the church to learn from each other and engage well and to, to learn what is possible and, and your heart. Amen.